Welcome to Shape by Faith with your host, Teresa Rowe. To find out more about Shape by Faith and Teresa Rowe, please visit shapebyfaith.com or visit the YouTube channel, Facebook, or Instagram. And now, here is Teresa Rowe. Welcome to Shape by Faith, where we shape our bodies and hearts for God's purposes. I have an amazing guest today. Her name is Naomi Craig. She is an author of biblical fiction. She is an avid reader, a pastor's wife. Naomi loves reading the Bible and imagining how things were at the time. And Naomi, God has blessed you so tremendously in in the way that you write and what he is allowing you to do by writing books uh, to draw people closer to him. And so I really believe that it is a God-given talent as you write, and I'm grateful you're on. You were on last year on Shape by Faith. Um, tell us where you're at, Naomi. What's your location? Well, thanks so much for having me back, Teresa. It's an honor. Um, I'm calling in from Globe, Arizona. Globe, Arizona. Okay. So what's the weather like in August there? Um, you know, it's a little warm. It is Arizona, but we are up in the uh, mountains, so our elevation is a little bit higher. So it's not quite as bad as as the Phoenix area. So it's 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 a little warm and muggy. <laughs> okay, same same in Kentucky. It's a little warm and muggy. It's always a little humid here. Um, we live on a farm, and um, I just love you know looking out the window and seeing God's uh, creation and the crops coming up. So we are blessed yeah. in so many ways. Um, I would love Absolutely. for you to get into yeah your new book, which is actually launching. Uh, it launched this week. So I, I know that you spoke about um, your other books in our last interview, but I, I would love for you to give our readers like a recap so they're familiar maybe with your the series that you've written. So um, what led you to writing the first two books in the series? And why don't you give the names of your of your first two books? Absolutely. Thank you. This is um, Yahweh's Legacy um, series, and it's they're not connected, so you can read them independently. The first one is called Rahab's Courage, and that takes place um, at, as Rahab is hiding the Israelite spies and then goes through her integration into Israelite life. Um, and, and that one, I really just explored, um, you know, just just because she was an amazing lady of courage and faith and helped out the Israelites didn't mean that she necessarily had an easy journey to her faith, you know? So I just, I wanted to highlight those who show up every day, even if they have a past and they have um, hardship and, and the Bible says she was a prostitute. So, you know, she's got to have a lot of baggage. So it's, um, it's a different take than, than many of the other Rahab books out there. Um, so that was the first one. The second one is Ezekiel's Song, released last year. And that ta- that covers Ezekiel the prophet and his wife. His wife is mentioned in two verses in the Bible. Um, but it's as it's as the Israel the Judahite, Judahites at the time um, were exiled to Babylon with Nebuchadnezzar. So it's showing service um, to the Lord in a hostile nation um it's showing there's a lot of bizarre 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 symbolisms that the lord asked of ezekiel and so it's it's showing how those um affected his family um and so i did i did give um his wife a name and a backstory that's all my imagination but um 
my husband is an, is a pastor so i could i could really relate to serving in ministry when um when your husband is in his ministry as well so um so then that brings us yes that's the first two books that i've written and they can be read out of order because they're not connected specifically in any way okay that's good to know okay so what led you to writing the first two books uh, you know i was looking at uh I always, I always mad, hold on to those random tidbits in the Bible, you know, oh, there's an accent that floated. Oh, that's really interesting. <laughs> you know, <Yes. laughs> that's always been something that really just sticks in my mind. So um, I was, I just had the curious thought, like, what if these two spies who are unnamed, what if one of them turns out to be Rahab's biblically mentioned husband? Um, later on Salma um his name is is mentioned in in Ruth um you know what if what if this was what what if this was um one of the spies you know and and Rahab is actually in Jesus's line so it's it's really powerful testimony of of how the Lord can use a mess and turn it into um into something beautiful um, for his glory and Ezekiel's song. I was, I was reading through Ezekiel. Uh, it's, there's so much happening there. You know, it's, it's like, it, it's so, it's so much like everyone knows about the dry bones and the wheel within the wheel and the angels with the four faces and Ezekiel four nine bread. Um, but if you really get into it, the Lord asks some really random things of, of Ezekiel as he was assigned his prophetic ministry. And um, first off he's, he's, um, paralyzed, the Lord binds him and he has to lay on one side or the other for each, a day for each year that the land of Israel or the land of Judah has sinned. So he's on one side or the other and can't move for like 14 months. And then, um, and then he's also not only on top of that, his message is meant to go back to Jerusalem. That's a world away at that time. He's also struck mute and can only speak the words that the Lord puts in his mouth. How is he doing this? You know, and then I read <laughs> later on <laughs> and he has a wife. Um, he has a, he has a documented wife in the Bible. Um, and so being in, in my, in ministry, there was a time that my husband was working full time um, with a secular job and part-time with the church. And so there was a lot of things that I needed to pick up and help carry for the time being for the season. Um, and so I'm like, okay, girl, I can relate to you because, mm -hmm. you know, we got to help our, we got to help our husbands when the Lord putting a calling on their life. So. Absolutely. I, I think it's fascinating. You know, when you, when you mentioned you wrote Rahab's courage and God can use our past and our messes. Um, he can, he can still use us. And so many times in the Bible, when you read the Bible, you see that God did exactly that. He yes. doesn't use perfect people. There's no perfect people, but I think that courage in today's world is so important to be able to stand on our faith and, and, and not to, you know, go back and forth just to stand strong. And when you read the account of Rahab, you know, when I've read it many times, I'm thinking, how in the world? You know, that took a lot of courage. Um, right. I mean, reason, she, yeah, yeah, she could have been killed. She, I mean, for hiding um, the spies, it, it's just incredible what she did. And then Ezekiel, oh my goodness gracious, you know, you're trying to imagine lying on the side. I'm like, there is 
there's no way unless the power <laughs> of the Holy Spirit is upon you, right. but just yeah. bizarre. But I love that. Um, does God give you the story of your creative ideas before you write or does he do it during or how does that work for you? Um, I get a basic thought or an outline. Um, so I, I'm able to see where I'm trying to go. Um, that really helps me. But then I, I have to fill in all the details as I'm as I'm going usually. So it's kind of a mix. <laughs> okay. So before you write, obviously you you know the story in scripture and and then right. you get that creative idea for that. Do you pray for the ideas, Naomi, or how does that yes, work? Yes, absolutely. Like I'm I'm trying to research um the great part about it is I'm researching in the Bible. Like what else where else was this person mentioned or where else you know so I'm really getting into the word. I love that. Um and I just I just really want my my words to not take away from the Bible at all because that is um, not the goal. It's just to expound on on the characters and the culture and why did this person make this choice, you know, and to make it plausible of what could have happened. Mm -hmm. With your, we've only got about a minute left in this segment, but when you're researching, what do you use? Do you use different versions of the Bible? Do you use concordance? What do you use to research? Um, and I also read um, like Josephus, a lot of historical documents, um, um, later on, we'll, we'll mention things that are in the Bible as well, uh, which is really awesome to see it corroborating. Um, and I'll look, I'll start on Google and see what some of the Jewish culture is um, for this or why was, what, what does the person look like in Jewish culture? And, you know, just kind of try to see how that plays in with the Bible. That's first, my first resource is the Bible. And then I want to make sure everything else um, lines up to the Bible. And that's, mm -hmm. that's really what I strive to do. That's good. Okay, let's take a quick break. We'll be back with more Shape by Faith. Everyone stay tuned. Welcome back to Shape by Faith, where we shape our bodies and hearts for God's purposes. Naomi Craig is my guest. She's the author of Biblical Fiction. She's an avid reader, a pastor's wife, and she loves reading the Bible and imagining how things were at the time. And we're going to talk about your next book that's just launching, uh, that's launched this week, Naomi. Um, is it, do you say she Roz? Is that how you say your name? Um, I, I have, to, I guess I need to check, but I say Shira. Shira, Shira. <laughs> you know, I say yeah. words and my husband's like, honey, that's not how you say that. <laughs> like, not, well, not someone to had confused, to make it up. <laughs> not to be confused with the eighties, uh, cartoon girl, Shira. I like, <laughs> I know, I know. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, um, let's talk about your new book and where the idea came from. Yeah, Shira's legacy. Um, Shira is a woman and she's mentioned in First Chronicles 7. Um, and there's only five verses about her family, one about her. And it's it's just pretty crazy because she is actually, uh, she's credited with building three cities and two of them are still standing today. So she's, uh, that's pretty spectacular for a woman in a patriarchal society. Um there's not a whole lot of men who are documented with building three cities. So even to have her standing out on that. So if you dig a little bit deeper, you can see she's Ephraim's daughter and that's Joseph's, um, Joseph's granddaughter, Joseph with a beautiful coat down in Egypt. So even though it's Chronicles, it actually takes place at the end of Genesis. 
Oh, wow. So, okay. I'm thinking about this back in those days. It had to have been unusual for a woman to be an architect. Is that, or right. was that normal? No, that's, I mean, <laughs> especially with the Hebrew culture, uh, the women had a much more um, out of sight role. Yeah. Um, but they did have a little bit more freedom in Egypt. So um, because she was raised in Egypt, you know, as as Joseph never never left Egypt, he was there full time. Um, I mean, he went, of course, to bury his father and stuff like that. But he stayed in Egypt even after the famine and the reuni- reuniting with his family. Um, so his wife was Egypt Egyptian. So Shira's got some of this mindset of, um, you know, half, you know, she kind of picks and chooses. Today, I want to be this part is Egyptian where I have more freedom, and this part I want to be Hebrew. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. so she's kind of, she's kind of tossed between the two cultures, and um, so it's the way I imagined it is is that her her father just Ephraim really supported her vision and saw her value as an architect. And um, allowed that to happen. Now, of course, her her family, her clan kind of are slow to get on board with this, you know, but I think she should be at home and um, and doing womanly things. But I'm <laughs> sure she, she's kind of digs in her heels and and uh, she's very strong, strong well, personality. Was her father an architect or how did she learn this skill? Or this trade. Um, so she, it doesn't say a whole lot about what Ephraim's gifts are. Um, mm-hmm. But if you look uh, um, at the Joseph, that the vizier I've based Joseph off of for the time frame, um, he, there was a vizier documented in Egyptian history, and his name is Imhotep. He saved Egypt from a seven year famine based off of Pharaoh's dream. Mm-hmm. He, um, he even there's even a, a a stele where it's like engraved in the rock. Um, the story is engraved in the rock where the priests later come back and say, "We have a land grant. We don't owe any money because we've been excused from paying taxes," which is also in the Bible. Um, he there's just so many things that look like he could be the real Joseph, and he was um, Imhotep was the first noted polymath, which is brilliant genius at many things. And he was credited for architecture, um, stoneworking, alchemy, medicine. Um, People think Hippocrates is the first, is the father of modern medicine. But even the Greeks themselves looked at this guy and, you know, they deified him later. Um, So I I have it as that she's coming up under the influence of her grandfather. I'm sure, I'm sure Ephraim was very gifted and talented and had all the opportunities of, of, Pharaoh's vizier's son, you know, I'm sure they had all those opportunities as well. So I just kind of ran with that and um, just had her learning specifically from, from grandfather Joseph. And yeah. Okay. So, all right. You've already told us a lot about the research, but like the interesting finds as you're researching um, for this book. Yeah. So one of, uh, one of Imhotep's claims to fame was um, he built the first pyramid um, that they can guess, and that um, and that was uh, also in that complex. This is to save the again from the famine. He has uh, grain silos, and so um, it's one major one. They're all underground, 
And the one major one is filtered in through by 11 other grain silos. Oh, um, wow. So, I mean, that sounds like, you know, Joseph's dream in the Bible, like my grain stock stands tall, mm-hmm. your grain stock bows to mine. Like I can see so many um, of that. So that was really interesting. I love it when, um, when history corroborates the Bible. The tricky thing is with this guy as being Joseph is traditionally his timeline doesn't match up with how the Bible, it would be too early in the time frame. Um, and then until recently, some people are saying, um, well, it could have, you know, different pharaohs could have been reigning at the same time, have kind of like a stacked dynasty, I think. Um, so it's it's fiction. It's my guess. Um, and there's much smarter people who have written this about, written about Joseph and chosen other Josephs or other Vaziers, other pharaohs. So it's, <laughs> it is fiction, but it's, it is, it, to me, it's, it's enough evidence to say this guy has all the same qualities of, of the Bible, Joseph. So yeah, that is very interesting. Wow. And you know, my husband and I have had this discussion about the pyramids who, who built the first pyramid and, and how did that work? And did they have more knowledge than we have now, you know, did the tower of Babel like get rid of all that, you know, we've gone back and forth, like how in the world did they build pyramids? We can't do that today yeah it's it's pretty interesting to see i mean this man was was brilliant in many areas and like i'm like oh you're one of those people <laughs> absolutely god gave him that knowing we you yes. know for sure yes. um just just like when anything else was built god gave the people what they needed at that time yeah. back to her clan can you kind of explain what a clan is for those who maybe don't know what a clan is yeah, so um, that's and it's very traditional in the Bible where um, Jacob, his name was changed to Israel um, and then became the nation of Israel. And so he had 12 sons. Um, and then he, uh, so Joseph was his second youngest son. And Joseph was kidnapped or, you know, sold out to slavery by his brothers. You know, we have a lot of family rivalry and jealousy. And there's a lot of um, the youngest is more favored. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so the clan, so when, um, they have a big happy family reunion, but at this point, um, Israel, Jacob says, your children are now my inheritance. And so Ephraim and Manasseh both have a half, a half tribe going forward in, um, Israel's history. Okay. All right. And so, and then she was part of that clan. In, right. In her... She was Ephraim's, Ephraim's mm-hmm. daughter. Mm-hmm. So in her DNA, obviously God placed exactly what, yes. what, I mean, that is so neat to uh, just realize that, that there was a woman architect. I mean, it's, it's just, it is because you think about the women and like you said, they were expected to stay home, but God has other plans, obviously. Right. And yeah. that just proves how big of a God we serve. Right. Um, so I, we've only got about 45 seconds, but, and we can continue the conversation, but given the information in the Bible, how did you develop her character past what you read and what you know? Um, she is actually her family. Um, her brothers get themselves killed for cattle wrestling. Um, there's a new baby. There's, <laughs> oh my. it's like all this drama all in five verses. So it was really fun to, to give that, um, give her a really strong personality and 
she feels very entitled and <laughs> and she's she's she knows she's good at what she does so that's right all right let's take another break we'll be right back with more shape by faith everyone stay tuned welcome back to shape by faith so naomi you were telling me how you developed um her character and let's let's talk about the storyline because you ha you have the written word give us again where it is in the written word where we can read about her storyline you can read about Shira in First Chronicles 7, verses mm -hmm. 20 through 25. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. And I did look that up and I'm like, why haven't I paid attention to that before? Right. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Because it's just God used away in a genealogy. Yeah. I know. It is so it's neat just, because, you know, when you see a list of names, I mean, for me, I'm just saying. It's, yep. Yeah, like just oh. kind of zone out. Yeah. Yes, but God, God knew that was important. That's why it's included. So we need to pay attention, right? Right. Yeah. So it's it's fun to. That's what I love about biblical fiction uh, is that you can, you can they become real people and they're not just names in a genealogy and it's not just some random place. It's it's uh you know I've learned a lot about geography in my <laughs> reading and studying <laughs> as well. <laughs> I bet you have. Okay, let's talk about, okay, is there any major male leads in your story? Yes, um, her charioteer, Latif, um, he's just a loyal, uh, simple guy, and he's just, he's he's actually a slave of the family, uh, and of the project, so he has no aspirations, but he's a hard worker, he's always truthful, and he calls her out, like, he, he calls her when she's being uh, too... Uh, bossy <laughs> mm -hmm. so then um she gets herself like basically grounded her older brother grounds her and uh says she can't work on the project <laughs> so um latif is actually the one who who spends time with her while she's on her two-week probation and um so then she starts to see him in a new light and then she's like oh he's so good to me i like him yeah <laughs> <laughs> So I was good to have a little bit of romance in there. Yeah. Uh, okay. So without giving away all your book, because we want people to purchase your book and read it. Um, can you give us a, a brief glimpse into it? Yeah. So um, how I imagined it, this is takes place in Canaan. Um, it's upper, upper and lower Beth Horon, which are the cities that are still standing today. And then Uzan Shira are the cities that she built. So that is, um, up north so how i figured it is if if they live they're from egypt basically um at this point they weren't slaves to pharaoh um, we kind of go from genesis um right into exodus where all of a sudden everyone forgot about joseph and now they're slaves but uh they weren't slaves at this point so i imagine they would have had free reign to move back up um to canaan um especially to establish an outpost for um, the Pharaoh, you know, that sort of thing. Because at that point, everybody owed Pharaoh and Egypt because of the great famine. Um, mm -hmm. You know, everybody came to get the grain. They, like they were, they were the place to be. So um, I just have the the clan going up to this, to the Ajalon Valley and setting up these outposts, these cities, these, um, they probably aren't cities by today's standards, of course, but they'd be more like towns or something. Right. Um, and so they, so we have them setting them up. So they have the freedom and they have the blessing and the resources from Pharaoh to set up 
um, all this. And um, like I said, it's mentioned in the Bible for two of her brothers get themselves killed for cattle rustling. And so then there's great mourning over, um, over the camp. And um, the Bible also says that, that uh, Ephraim has another baby. So this one's, you know, considerably younger. So we've got a lot of, um, you know, we mentioned earlier how we've got the younger sibling is favored. Well, you can look back. That was Ephraim and Manasseh or Ephraim was the youngest and he was favored over Manasseh. Uh, Joseph was favored over his older brothers. Even Jacob was favored over his older brother. Like we've got this, we've got this ingrained family trait of sibling rivalry and, um, and, and the youngest being the favored. Um, so she kind of has, she has to get through that because it's, it's, that's not what God designed. God designed us to support our brothers and our sisters in biological or in Christ and encourage them and not to pull them down because they're different or they have a better gifting than me, you know? So it's, she has to work through that. And, um, and she has to, she has to try to prove that she, to everybody else that she can indeed handle the um, the workload of mm-hmm. being the architect um, while she's not, you know. But at the same time, she has to learn to submit to the family model. Um, her when when the younger brother when the middle brothers die, uh, then jo- there's a there's a deep mourning over the camp. So um, Ephraim kind of checks out, and so her older brother has to. Um, step into the role as the leader of the clan. And so then Shira is kind of digging in her feet and thinks that she has better ideas than her brother, you know? <laughs> yes. So uh, it sounds fascinating and everyone needs to purchase your book. Is that on Amazon where they can pick it yeah. up? Yes, it's available on Amazon. Okay. How was your faith shaped by writing this book? You know, it was, um, I actually had to take a break in the middle to write um, my my novella for Keeping Christmas Volume One, and that kind of threw me off of my routine because I, I I I focused on this other book for a few months, and then I had to try to find myself back into Shira's life, and so that was really challenging. It was also really challenging to me too because Shira has such a big personality, um, and she's maybe it's maybe it's because that's not who I am that I found her really challenging to get inside the mind of, you know, I don't have big dreams or big aspirations. And so, you know, I'm just trusting the Lord as I'm, as I was writing this because it's, it's different, you know, and it's, it's definitely um, from the Lord and it's, but it, I, I just had to keep going and be faithful with what he had given me because I knew that this was the story um, he wanted me to get out for this time. So um, you know, and then the, the summer, it was like, I figured that it would be the same for my launch team. And then it was like that, even that shape sh- shook things up too. So it's just really been a good journey to trust the Lord that just because it's something different does not mean it's a bad different. And, you know, just kind of leaning into that instead of running away screaming, because <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it sounds like you did an excellent job and you did depend upon the Lord and we want to hear more about your book. So I'd love for you to come on again, but time is out. And thank you so much, Naomi, for coming back on. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And thank you for listening. I'm Teresa Rowe. Everyone have a blessed day. Bye.
Thank you for listening to Shape by Faith with Teresa Rowe. Remember to visit shapebyfaith.com to find out more about workouts, the TV show, podcasts, blogs, Shape by Faith products, and much more.